Welcome, guys, to our riveting podcast, Demos.com podcast, episode 127. Altai joined this week by Omer. And as always, we have a great podcast to look forward to. And our weekly way is a bit related to last week's. So take it away, Altai. It's a good one. It did. I think last week we touched a little about uh, our thoughts on fairness. And I wanted to make sure we give that another fair shake uh, this time. So I, I named the podcast uh, Weekly Raid. Fairness and player expectations, because I think those two concepts are intertwined. It's not a matter of what's fair or not. It depends on the context and what people expect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I centered again on the whole Electronic Arts Battlefront 2 issue. And personally, when I heard this story, I, I thought people were overreacting. Because, as you know, Omar and I, we are, we're knee-deep in the Asian free-to-play market. Mm-hmm. For ten, over 10 years now, we've been doing this, right? Uh, yeah. So we, to us, like a cash shop, a loot box, gotcha. This is like this is like coffee in the morning, you know, some scrambled eggs, <laughs> you, know, you know, some pay to win. Some pay to win here, some pay to win <laughs> yeah. there. We're used to it. Right? So we, yeah, we see it left and right. Exactly. So like for me, it's like, well, okay, whatever. So yeah, he's doing the same shit everyone's been doing for 10 years. But obviously we were out of touch this time because it seems like this was a huge issue. This was a huge issue for EA. They got the, the lashback, the, the feedback was so intense that it actually leaked into the mainstream news. It's not very often that... Uh, Gaming stuff, you know, gets into the mainstream news. So this got there. Disney noticed. Disney got scared. Disney uh, put pressure on EA, and EA had to backtrack massively. They actually, right now, for now, they removed all microtransactions from Battlefront 2, which I think is a crazy uh, uh, admission that players have power because this was totally by player. And this is something that I didn't think was going to happen. I didn't think it was a big deal, but you know, mm-hmm. I was blindsided by this. Uh, so first, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on that? And then I can talk a little more about the fairness part of it. I think, uh, it, it, again, it does show you that players have power, and I, and I would imagine, again, more so power than I thought. To see the kind of reaction, I know after the first day after the controversy, like, EA stock went down, like, 0.5%, and people were like, we did it, Reddit, we did it! But, like, no, the, the whole market was down that day, so it was really a, a, a nothing burger, as they say. But the second day, uh, I think it was a Tuesday, a lot of big Wall Street banks actually warned that, like, okay, this controversy is actually impact sales, EA might actually lose some money off of this, and then the stock tanked, like, 3%, which, like, in the context of a company like EA, is billions of dollars of, of lost market value. So there, there was a real impact, a financial impact to EA's wallet because of the massive shitstorm. And it was such a big shitstorm that it was covered everywhere. Wow. So it wasn't just a bunch of, you know, uh, niche people being really loud. It was a lot of people being really loud. And, and it fucking works, so good. Yeah, okay. So this obviously was a huge misstep on EA's part. Now, whether, whether I think it's no big deal because other games do it, it doesn't matter. The fact is, EA took the, a huge PR hit here. They had to back. They look like a bunch of pussies, uh, wussies. I don't know what the word is. But I want to talk a lot about fairness and how uh, the context matters. So we all, I think most of us have run into even more pay-to-win stuff than EA was doing in mobile games, right? Uh, and in free-to-play PC games, browser games. And I think the big difference seems to be that uh, EA is still charging 60 bucks, right? For what mm-hmm. should be a free-to-play business model. I think that's mm-hmm. like the key point that people really took issue with. Is that is that fair? Like, let's say let's say Battlefront Two came out free to play, you know, on all platforms. I don't think anyone would complain then. And honestly, it had, if it was free to play. No one would complain. And no one would complain that you got to play for forty hours to get Darth Vader. Yeah, no one would complain. Really? Okay. I'm I'm curious if anyone in chat uh, agrees with that, disagrees with that. I think the issue is a lot of console players and a lot of people who only play AAA games. Whatever you, whatever that means, right? EA, the big EA releases, the big Activision mm-hmm. releases, right? These people are not really used to microtransactions yet, right? The way that younger people and people in Asia are, are just you know, microtransactions, just a way of life in Asia. 
And I think a lot of young people in America and the West grew up on mobile phone gaming, where it's also a fact of life. So the issue mm-hmm. seems to be just the, the, the segment of the player base that, that just plays big Western PC retail releases. They're, they seem to be the ones taking the major issue here with microtransactions. Here's, here's, my, here's, my, here's my thing. Here's my spiel. That it kind of, you know, this, this, is why, this is why this caught me by surprise, because it seems like there's a double standard in the gaming industry, even amongst Western companies, right? Because this idea of pay to win that people were very opposed to, uh, I'm opposed to it as well, obviously, but it seems like I, I don't see anyone take a principled position against pay to win. Because people that are saying, oh, I hate pay to win, so fuck EA, right? But those same people support games that are have pay to win elements in them. Like, look at World of Warcraft, for example. I mean, I think most of us, nobody criticizes WoW as a pay to win game either, right? Yeah. But you can get a level boost to level 100. Like, you, know, you buy the game, you, know, you, you can buy a level boost for your character. In Final Fantasy XIV, you can buy a level boost to your character. And arguably, that's not as pay to win. But is there any principled argument out there that buying a level boost does not bring you closer to the end game and achieving all the end game goals than somebody who plays for free? You can't. There is no principled position that says buying a level boost is not paying for advantages. So, but that seems to be okay. And that's yeah. what's weird about this pay to win discussion. It's not even about principles anymore. I think before people would say like any form of gameplay. I think yeah, years ago, and people would say that any form of you know changing the gameplay for money is pay to win and that's why companies like uh, blizzard even do that you know but now all of a sudden that's all allowed and everyone's doing some minor pay to win stuff and nobody seems to give a fuck so how is it different for world of warcraft to charge you money for a level boost let's say buying a progression in or or speeding up progression in star wars battlefront 2 because they both by the way to get the level max level will still take you many many hours i think that was my part of my point i think the the fairness argument uh, it, it doesn't work because people have different perceptions based on the platform and the kind of game it is. So for PC releases, like, like uh, what's it called? Um, World of Warcraft is a PC game uh, where I think for a lot of PC users, especially MMORPG users, any game that's a service, right? Like WoW or Counter-Strike at this point has has loot boxes. Yeah. So people are used to it. But if you're like, if you're, just, if you're like just some random guy who just buys, you know, COD every year, buys uh, yeah. Battlefield every year for his console, right? And then you put it in, and you can't play Darth Vader. You're, what is this shit? You know, I, I pay sixty bucks. Why do I gotta pay more? Like you, it, it's it's alien to you. So I think that's where the clash is. But do you think? Don't you think? I feel like on that issue, don't you think EA had some kind of like focus testing that they tested their loyal COD bros, the guys that like, you know, again, most people who play COD, they don't post on Reddit, they don't post online, they don't share their opinions on gaming, they don't outrage about gaming, right? They they just. No, when they get home, they, they put some COD in, blast some music, and they play. You know, like you don't think they did some kind of focus testing on that, and like maybe that stuff came out okay, but maybe they misjudged like the the, the more core audience who is going to bitch, and they all hated it so much that they created this outrage. I think there was a lot of, um, I think there's like a there's like a religious thing in some one of those BS religions where everyone focuses their hate on one object to make it like to make themselves feel better. I feel like EA got the brunt of the hate that the whole industry has been kind of building up. So EA got skewered for everybody's sins, I think, at this point. So it didn't matter that, like, because every game does this now, right? But yeah. Star Wars is a big release. You know, Battle for, you know, DICE is a big studio. So this was, like, a focal point. Everyone kind of focused the ire at this title, I think. I, I'm, I'm glad the blowback happened, though, because mm-hmm. regardless, it's going to make developers think twice about how they handle the microtransactions. And personally, it, it, it does reach a point where it gets offensive. If you're buying a $60 game, having content blocked behind that paywall is definitely frustrating having cosmetics blocked is nowhere near as bad and if it was a free-to-play game honestly 
my expectations for a free-to-play game is content will be blocked behind a paywall, and that's normal. I expect that. You know, whether it's a free-to-play shooter or a free-to-play MMO, like certain things could be behind paywalls. And that even like Neverwinter, for example, when that game launched, in order to play a certain race, like I think it was a Dragonkin or something, right? To play a race, you had to pay money, which is weird because if they're putting you know actual gameplay content behind the paywall, mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't bother me because the game was free to play. I, I just play a different, I just play a different character, I just played a fighter. But you know, yeah. if it was if I was paying a subscription for a game and I have to pay extra on top of that to be able to play a class, then it's going to become an issue for me personally. But my question to everyone is, where do you draw your line on pay to win? Because we have to mm-hmm. agree that. There is, I mean, I think most of us agree that buying a, when World of Warcraft sells a level boost or when Final Fantasy XIV sells a, a level boost 60, people seem to be okay with that. Oh, yeah. That's okay, but selling other forms of progression is not. In fact, I would argue that in principle, there is zero difference between selling a level boost in Final Fantasy XIV or selling full item level uh, 340, 340 gear, which is best in the slot for everything, right? Yeah. Or maybe, so if you buying the best gear in the game in the cash shop or buying a level boost, the principle behind them is the same. The only thing that matters is the degree of pay to win. People are seem to be perfectly okay with being able to boost to, to 60 that gets you almost to the you know, max level. That's a more progression as well. So people are okay yeah. with that, but not okay with this. So where do people draw the line? And clearly, I think EA misjudged where people drew the line, where player expectations were with Battlefront 2. And it is about expectations, because when you buy a game for 60 bucks, you do expect something a little different than a free-to-play game. I really think that uh, it wasn't just what EA did. It was like kind of like I, like I said, EA is just taking the heat for everyone else, like the, the pent-up rage. Yeah. Um, and also, I think I am Omar. Uh, I don't want to speak for you, but I am uniquely in a bad position to, to talk about this because, like I said, I've been playing games, you know, especially from East Asia, free-to-play games that are have been pay-to-win for for a decade now. And you know, like when you're when you're in a room that's really smelly, after a while you stop smelling it. And then when someone new comes in, they're like, "What the hell is that smell? You know, what are you talking about?" So I've been I've been I've been in the shit so long that like, th- what EA is doing doesn't smell to me. You know, like. <laughs> so no, I, I I agree with you as well. What EA is doing it does not it did not stink to me because I, I'm so we're, we've seen this shit forever. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it just it is a bit bizarre to see that EA got this much backlash. I mean, I, I don't agree with what they're doing, but. It, it didn't really offend me the way it offended so exactly. many people. Yeah, we, we're covered in shit already, so it doesn't really smell. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But I think the biggest problem, though, is with the loot boxes. People really, really seem to hate loot boxes now. A lot of people seem to hate loot boxes. I think a lot of, like I said, a lot of Western gamers who play console games or, or like physical retail releases mm-hmm. hate loot boxes because you know they, they were never really a part of their gaming experience until now. But mm-hmm. you know, like I said, for us, it, you know, it's nothing. It's no, it's nothing new. It's like literally ten years we've we've been dealing with loot boxes. So out of curiosity, where do you draw the line in terms of a game you will or will not play? For me, I'm not going to play the if a game is too pay to win, and I, I kind of described it as like a game like uh, Clash of Clans, Game of War. I, I've actually tried playing those games before. I've played them quite a bit on the PC browser, well before they were popular on mobile. I think I played one called Astro Empires years ago. Like this is before the craze took over and all the Chinese companies released versions of this game. Yep. Like. I thought it was a lot of fun. Like I would play this for like a couple of weeks, but then I realized like if you didn't pay, you were at an unbelievable disadvantage, and you really could not even overcome that advantage if you didn't pay. And at that after that moment, I just never played these games again because while I love, I actually really like the core concept. I I just I can't circum- I can't overcome that that barrier. You know, I'm okay with some degrees of pay to win, as I think most people are. A person buying a level boost of Final Fantasy doesn't affect my fun in any way. It's fine. However, I do think if Square Enix were to sell, you know, best in stock gear. It would actually diminish my fun because it would seem like that's unfair 
And obviously, shit like that happens already. I mean, you can buy best in slot accounts on, on black market websites. You could always pay to win in MRPGs beyond the reason, you know, beyond reasonable pay to win. You can completely pay to win and get all the content if you're willing to pay. It's always been that way because of black market websites. But when I see the developer outright selling it, it is a sense of fairness. It just feels wrong. It feels cheap. And that's when I won't play a game either. If you can just buy the most powerful gear, stuff like that is an instant turnoff for me. But borderline pay to win stuff where you can pay for like mega convenience, even the Black Desert Online stuff where you could pay for like, um, so if you all play BD Black Desert Hardcore, for example, it's a, it's a box game as well. You need to buy the four four pets so you can loot faster and more efficiently. Like that stuff isn't even that bad. We're right around the right around the edge personally, so it's not going to deter me from playing. Where do you draw your line? Okay, I'm I'm actually so lucky that for whatever reason, at a young age, playing MMOs and you know even Asian MMOs with cash shops, for whatever reason, I'm kind of inoculated from the desire to spend money on these games. So I don't know where that came from, right? For me personally. But I do think it's very important when you play a game to know why you're playing. You need to be having fun doing what you're doing in the game at that moment. I think so many people go into games, they're chasing that power. They need to be, you know, they need to be top among their friend group or perhaps the server or the guild. And, you know, that urge makes them spend money. I'm, not, like, I'm trying, to, trying to get in the head of these people. I remember in high school, I, I introduced a few friends to MapleStory. And within a day of playing, right? I, I meet them in school the next day. Like, oh yeah, I, I spent like a hundred dollars in the cash. I'm like, what? Wh- why? You you level five? Like, relax. You know, like this, the game's not going anywhere. Like, why are you spending all this money? Um, and I, I think they wanted to compete with me or catch up to me or something. I don't know what it was, but you need to enjoy the game and have your own goal that does that is independent from spending money. So whatever whatever it is that's behind that paywall, well, don't play just to get to that. Just play the game. If you enjoy it at a later date, you can buy a little bit of the content. That's fine. But uh, yeah, people in chat are mentioning uh, a really interesting story, which I linked to you, Omar. Uh, Clicker Heroes uh, is a idle clicker game that we, we both played, right? They're making a sequel, and the sequel is gonna do is gonna charge thirty bucks and have no microtransactions. Did you buy this somewhere? I read about that, but I, I need to know the context of this because when okay. you linked me that, yeah. Okay, if this if this bit of news about Clicker Heroes two going from free to play to Buy to play and then basically saying free to play is all and loot boxes are all, you know, evil, greedy yeah. and, and evil and take advantage of consumers. If this happened before the Battlefront trauma, that's perfectly cool. I, I can respect their position. But I don't disagree with it. Uh, I, I can disagree with it, but I can respect their position. If this bit of news came out and they announced this after the Battlefront trauma, that tells me like they're opportunistic uh, Hold genius up. marketers. Hold up. Hold up. If you do, if you read it, guys, this is what it's saying. Okay. Ethical reason. They they said we kind of we, we added uh, microtransactions. So people can kind of support us, you know, and throw us, you know, a couple of dollars here and there. But then they realized there were a few people spending thousands of dollars on Clicker Heroes microtransactions, thousands of dollars. So I That's think it. this is more proof. And and look, these are developers that are saying this. I honestly believe, just like with alcohol, I drink I drink you know beer, I drink wine, I drink vodka with my friends by myself even a lot. And I, I get sometimes I get to the point where I get hammered, like I'm dizzy, I'm more nose, I, I can't walk straight. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm at risk of being an alcoholic. I could be wrong about that in the future, but right now I don't think I am. But I really think that with microtransactions and these loot boxes, some people, maybe the majority of people like us, can spend you know money on them responsibly. But they are a avenue that can that certain people, a, a large minority of people, will fall victim to, and they like a trap. If you spend thousand dollars on Clicker Heroes, let me show you guys what Clicker Heroes looks like. All right. Look, I don't care if you're a billionaire. I don't care if you're a billionaire. If you spend thousands of dollars on Clicker Heroes, you have a problem. Like you have, a, you have a, 
you have a serious it's just like if you're a billionaire and you're an alcoholic you have a problem right being a billionaire and having the money doesn't is not independent of having a problem so if you spend money on this game guys thousands of dollars i don't care if you're a lawyer a doctor a surgeon you have an issue and you're and in and the company behind it is hoping that you continue having that issue and you continue pumping your money, your addiction, you're feeding your addiction. All right, what do you, you, you stand on that? Fine. Well, first, I do want to I, I, I want to address one thing first. OK, look, I, I, I'm trying to find that when this news came out, and it seems like it's very recent. And it this this kind of reeks of opportunism on, on Clicker Heroes 2 part. And what they're saying may be true, but it automatically makes you discount almost like their entire position. Look, they they're really smart people over there. And maybe they saw the fact that all the shitstorm that Battlefront 2 just had for the microtransactions, and they saw this opportunity to make even more money. I, I think from the get-go, no, this is about money. Hold I on, don't hold think This so. is about money from both EA and Click Heroes 2. Okay, look, EA wants to make as much money as possible. It's People saying it's greed. Call it what you want. It's always been this way, where developers want to make as much money as possible. They want to charge you for as many things as possible. And the consumer, we the consumer, want to pay as little as possible for all the content, right? It's always been this way. You, the consumer, want as much as you can get for as little as possible. And other, the seller wants to get as much as they can get for you know as little as possible. And it seems like this is a golden opportunity Hold for up. a company like Click Hero. Look, the fact that this is covered by everybody, like, this whole Click Heroes 2 thing is covered by big media outlets. Why? Click Heroes was not that big of a game. It was not like, you know, it doesn't get front page coverage anywhere. But all of a sudden, taking this principal position against free to play and how dangerous free to play can be, all of a sudden for a $30 pre-order on this game, they're going to make millions because people are going to throw money at this being as an anti-EA protest. Okay, so that's very cynical. So, for, okay, I say that's true, right? Wait, why did this happen before? If they really felt this way, why did they wait till the day after the EA drama to do? What you don't? How know, do you explain? The game is not. No, the game is not out yet. It's still in development. They don't know. Pure but, coincidence. I think they this prompted them to release this news quicker. I think it, they were internally thinking about it, right? Because remember, uh, maybe they've been developing this game for a while, and I think it's very important to develop your game with your payment model in mind. Otherwise, otherwise it's kind of disjointed, right? So if they're developing the game for a year, for like a, let's say a year now, if they wanted a cash shop in it, it's very hard to take out like halfway through development. So I do think it was they were developing it, designing it without the you know without a cash shop in it to begin with. Now yes, you're right. They released this news way ahead of time, way before the game is ready, perhaps because they you know this is a maximum uh, way to get news. So th I think it can be both. I don't think I, I don't think them um, revealing this information. Perhaps sooner than they wanted to is you know is entirely cynical. It can be good PR and a good move. No, look, I, I, you know if this happened a day before the A drama, hundred percent, I respect their opinion and everything they say. Now I look at the, I look what they're saying with a completely cynical view because I don't know how genuine they are. Everything that post could be completely oh, fictitious and bullshit. Why, are they, why would they lie about that? Wait. Why wait to really? Why why did I, why not show this information? <laughs> why would they lie? Why, are you kidding? So they get all this big, all this great PR and all this money. It's money. They're going to make millions off this. Everyone who's pissed off about this model and this this entire business model is going to be like, hey, Click Heroes Two is saying exactly what we want to hear. Let's go give them lots of money so, and buy their games so other developers see how successful this other model is. So our games will be the same way. Okay. So are you it's such uh, a big financial incentive for this? Are you disputing that the people did spend thousands on this? Is that made up? No, of course not. No, I'm, I'm not disputing okay. that at all. Okay. So I think that's the key point we need to talk about here. Uh, Wait. So th there's no principled position. Okay. I think I think the guys at Click Heroes want to make as much money as possible for themselves. I, as, as rational well, human beings, they want to make money. Okay. Rational human being, Omar. You see some old lady drop a wallet. Okay. Old lady dropped her wallet. Yeah. She didn't notice. She keeps walking. You you reach. Yeah. You find a wallet. It's got a thousand dollars in it. What do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Uh, I give it back. Oh no, no, oh, no, 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 no. rational. That's rational. rational. It's not. I thought you want to make the most money. 
with the word rational doesn't mean you can uh, you can still be a good person. You can still be a uh, like live up to society's expectations and stuff like that. What? I if think, you rob somebody, get, think, if you if you if you could rob somebody and get away with it, would you do it? No, it's not the same thing. I wouldn't, but I mean, here's what I'm trying to say, Omar. I no. think I think your example is a false equivalence. Let me point out one, and then you okay. continue. It's, okay, what, what's the false equivalence? I don't understand. You didn't steal it. They dropped it. They they, they abandoned it. Yeah. Then then oh, if they abandon, it's different. Dropping is not abandoning. Sure it is. Abandoning. They walk by. Property they abandonment is a, is a real legal concept. All right. Where you know you, you relinquish ownership. All right. They didn't, they do you, didn't, relinquish, hold they didn't do you ownership. feel responsibility as part of a community to that woman, right? So you want you want to return it. You could ignore it too. You could just keep walking by. But you would feel yeah, some kind sure. of response. Okay, I think I could be wrong. There's consent with microtransactions on games that's different. There's a consensual transaction is different than somebody dropping a wallet. Continue. My point, Noah, is I don't think people do things just for money. I think that's a very dim and uh, you know narrow view of human activity. And the behavioral economics, you know, if you read into that, there's a whole host of decisions we make that are, in fact, completely counter to our and legally, you know, to our financial well-being. So this is so this no, idea that like the I honestly think a lot of especially Western studios I think Asians are much more in their culture money money grubbing is much more common, but uh, in a lot of Western cultures, uh, I do honestly believe that a developer couldn't feel guilty. For I think a couple of podcasts ago I remember I mentioned something like if someone made a thousand dollar donation right now I would actually feel uncomfortable. I wouldn't return the money you know I'm, I'm happy to take it but it would it would it would like it'd be, it'd be almost like I swallowed a small stone it would feel kind of weird. No, I, 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 yes, I agree with. Now, why? I agree with you. Why would I? Why should well. I feel weird about that? If someone wants to give me a thousand dollars, but I would. I'm. Just, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe it's not. No, it's I'll, logical. I'll tell you why. Okay. It's, it's because it's a, it's a Twitch donation. If I made a game, and they spent a thousand dollars on my game, I wouldn't feel really. What, what's the difference? It's, it's my no. content. It's the same same content. It's, so this clicker game. It, it feel it feels different. The, the, the term donation is different, and I, I still don't like the term donation. Yeah, let's call it, it a tip. Like let's begging. call it a tip. Let's call it a tip. It doesn't matter. Tip, tip is better. Tip is better, but it still it still feels awkward because it's you know it almost. Again, it's about effort put versus what we get out of it too. Sometimes you know, I, I don't feel like I deserve. Th- I don't feel like I deserve a thousand dollar donation personally. So, that, wait, that's one so you don't think it's possible for the guys who made Clicker Heroes, which by the way we're watching uh, a video of, and we're basically riveting gameplay. We're getting the exact same experience the guy who's playing is getting. It's literally just clicking on these monsters over and over again, right? So us watching this is the exact same experience as him playing it. And if you want to play along, guys, just just find an empty. It's not the same experience. If you want to play along, guys, just find an empty part on your uh, desktop and keep clicking your mouse like this. Okay, and just pretend you're playing. All right, it's the same game. You'd be doing the same thing. Anyway, my point is, I really think the studio who made this, the people who made this, when they saw a few people spending thousands of dollars on this game, they kind of felt the same way I would feel if I got a thousand dollar donation. They kind of felt, they felt, okay, we're making money, but it it feels wrong. Good. Why did they change that concept from the, uh, when they started feeling bad about it? Clicker has been out for years. Okay. What's stopping them? Well, you don't know. They said they um. Oh, spoilers! I know. I I I know. What? They're making a lot of money off of it. No, no. They haven't changed. Their they they said at all. they said it wouldn't be fair to people who did spend that money if it was if the stuff was removed right now, like if the cash shop stuff was Not removed, removed, just yeah. no longer available to purchase. Uh, maybe they'll do that. I don't know. I. Uh, but they haven't, and it tells me that they don't believe principally what they're saying. I I think they could. I I, I question their their their. Their honesty, their their genuine, their we, sincerity. That's what we can disagree on that, and we really don't have the. We don't. We uh, none of us of have talked to them. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll reach Look out at to the one of them. Coincidence a day afterwards. Okay. It's so. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna reach out issue. to them after the podcast and try to have them as our first guest. Look, I doubt they'll come, if but they, I, if they do feel that way, though, honestly, I can respect their their position a lot, and, and it comes from a position of like honesty and how they feel. And honestly, I think they can make a lot more money doing the free to play model, and for them to actually give up the money they could have made. Mucho, mucho respect. It's just my gut just says it feels, you know, I, I don't know the answer either. They could have genuinely 
meant to put this out like a day ago, and then the timing just happened to be It's possible. I think you're focusing on the wrong part of the story, though. Okay, mm-hmm. you, you you're talking about their intentions. Their uh... no, let's let's fight. Let's focus about the okay. The, 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 somebody the people spend... somebody who spends money on this thousands of dollars. They're sick. They 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 have a mental I, I issue that needs to be seen by a therapist and and diagnosed. Okay, and they need they need to correct this behavior. If this, this if, is a thousand, a... If, if somebody spends if, if somebody spends like a thousand ten thousand dollars to pay a a beautiful woman to eat ice cream in front of him, like that's his fetish. That that he just gets really happy about that. He, he really turns him on. Like, and he does it. Every, is, is he does it every problem? month. He does it every month. Yeah, he does it once a month. Uh, yeah, yes, I would say he has. What's wrong? With, let, he, let's say he's a billionaire. He he lives. In fact, in fact, he was broke, right? But why do you he, think being a billionaire absolves you of like bad decisions? I don't understand this concept that you have. Like, oh, um, no. what if this guy likes to eat his boogers? Okay. Oh, he's a billionaire, no. so it's okay now. It's oh. not hurting anyone, though. It's not hurting anyone. I, I'm not saying it's. By the way, if you're depressed, you're not hurting anyone. It's his either. motivation. No, it's his motivation. He gets up in the morning, so he goes to work, so he can earn money to 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 pay some do some weird shit to fulfill his fetish he lives for that he, he wakes up in the morning he does it it drives him it makes him productive get, okay. society do you think he'd be more productive and more fulfilled if he didn't have that uh that he might be depressed he kill himself he, he lives for that he might but <laughs> i do, oh, so you're again you're defending spending thousands on this because you think the guy gets some some uh listen life goal out of this right even the guys who make the game feel bad about it, and you are defending. No, I'm saying that if somebody, I'm defending anyone who wants to spend a thousand dollars of their own money on whether it's on Clicker Heroes, whether it's on whatever fucking uh, Hello Kitty Online, whatever game you want to spend your thousand dollars on, it's your earned money, and it's not gonna you know make you miss your rent payment. And it is. You can spend but, that money. But has it, that that's the kicker, Omar. The guys are spending a thousand dollars on this game. Okay, even the develop in the article. I'm gonna link this article to you guys. Dude, there are people that spend oh, their yeah. rent money on on an Xbox. Yes, and they have and, problems and they too. Rent. They have problems yeah, too. Sure. So, sure. but those people are the problem. Is Microsoft held accountable? Should they be shamed yeah, yeah, for providing yeah. a service, a product? No, we no. We should structure our. Look, here's the thing though. With an Xbox, you can't spend more than three hundred dollars or for whatever it costs, right? Where sure. the the limit of spending, the limit of addiction, is unlimited with these uh, microtransactions. Are you kidding? Can you own every Xbox game if you're, you know, yes, every, sure. for free there, accessory? There's only a couple hundred. If you, make, if you make, like, let's say you make, uh, you work at McDonald's, you make like $10 an hour, right? Okay. Pay? And you buy one you game a week. You can never afford sure you all the Xbox games, you, no, and what? all the accessories. You can. You have to pay rent, you have to pay uh, okay. all your utilities. Your your actual disposable income for entertainment is tiny. Okay. Whether it's a billion dollars or $10,000, it's the same. You can't spend that much money. Oh, here's the thing, though. Each game takes you so long to... Playthrough. Whereas in a mobile game, spending a hundred dollars gets you nothing. So you got to spend yeah, another thing. Plenty of people buy a game; they'll play it for ten minutes and play buy something else. No, no you're, you're doing that argument that John Oliver was talking about. The what aboutism? I'm not defending a guy buying five hundred Xbox games if he's works at McDonald's. Like that, I don't know why you think that's so, so relevant. What is, so what are you attacking particularly? Okay, the, the why should the company be responsible for the consumer's behavior? Well, by the way, that's already the fact. Uh, casinos currently, by law, must cut people off if they feel they're you know. Uh, distressed, and they must provide hotline. They must provide those brochures. There, and then the casinos get fined if if people complain that you know that they were taken advantage of. There's investigations by law enforcement. So, yes, so g- g- gambling has always been highly regulated, but yes. other forms of entertainment. What other? Well, forms of well I I am saying that these loot box mechanics are similar to uh, control substances and gambling. That they are they foster an addictive behavior that our human biology for many people can't. Once you fall in that well, you can't get out by yourself. So, and that's. Okay. And I agree. Oh, if you can prove to me that the uh, loot boxes have the same psychological effect as gambling on the human brain, 
And, you know, you can prove this to well, me scientifically. I'll, I agree with you. Oh, I got, a, I got a story for you. Thanks to Canaris. Hat tip to Canaris. Belgium says loot boxes are gambling. Wants them banned in Europe. The Minister of Justice of Belgium, okay, says a mix okay. of gaming and gambling is dangerous. So, the, last week, uh, we the did... The Minister of Justice is not a scientist. Oh, he's, uh, he's more of a scientist than we are. <laughs> Let's say that. Maybe. <laughs> he's closer. Anyway, so the story... <laughs> we mentioned the story on the website uh, last week. That the Belgian government was looking into uh, the loot box fiasco, and just today, I believe, right? This came out today, two hours ago. The Belgian's gaming commission said that they do indeed think uh, loot boxes are a form of gambling, and they need to be regulated by the state so that they don't get uh, people don't abuse them. Uh, that developers don't abuse people. So, what, what do you think of that, Omar? Well, first of all, I I, I don't think it's going to pass, and the reason being that these Video game companies. First of all, this is this is from their their minute their uh, department of um, regulation department, right? Mm-hmm. The politicians in Belgium are going to be bought by uh, the big gaming companies to uh, to basically tell them that, tell that guy to change his position or get fired. Uh, There's so much incentive. That doesn't, EA that, doesn't, you know, that doesn't help your argument though. If anything, no, that... <laughs> no, no, no. First, I'm gonna say what's going to happen. What, what the reality is, money is going to prevent this from happening, right? Because business is going to this is this seems like something very easily solvable by bribing the right politicians, and that's what's going to happen. But I look. If you can prove to me that it has the loot box have the same effect on the human mind as gambling and alcohol, right? This is a pretty high barrier to prove. If that's the case, there's no argument. I, 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 admit, I, I admit you're right. Then that it should be regulated in some form. Like I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not taking some kind of like I'm. This is my way or the highway. I, I have this, you know, position I'm gonna defend no matter what. No, if if it is literally the same as as alcohol on the brain of dependency, yeah. I think it's rational to, to put some limitations in place, but I don't think it's the case. I think, though, uh, by the way, I, I really recommend you have a private conversation with Shirelli about this because I remember I don't want to like put words in her mouth, but you know, like a year ago, she was on a podcast one time and we were talking about loot boxes, and she said yeah. something along the lines of, "Omar, you're like a strong-willed person, so you can like resist, but a, a lot of you know, like like uh, I guess the weak-willed people do kind of fall into a trap with these loot boxes in mobile games." But you, but you don't think weak-willed people? Fall into a trap of like spending every penny of the disposable income on like Xbox games. I look, I agree. Your argument against to disprove what I just said was that oh, they can't spend millions, the, the trap yeah. is only like a couple thousand. But, yeah. but for somebody working minimum wage has low income, whether the maximum you can spend is ten thousand dollars on all the accessories in the games, it might as well be a billion. You can't afford it anyway. Again, I think so, the nature of um, it's like this um, it's like it's like trying to it's like trying to OD on beer versus. Vodka. Yes, you technically, if you keep if you keep chugging those beers, you will pass out, right? But just because of the nature of the dilution of the alcohol in the beer, it takes it's a lot harder. You probably throw just vomit from having too much liquid in your stomach. So the Xbox games are like beer, and uh, and microtransaction, you know, uh, Clash of Clans is like the is like the what's it called? It's like vodka or like you know, also Fireball Everclear. But here's the thing about these loot boxes. And good gambling mechanics, right? Spoilers, guys. We have a casino gambling. People spend, people ruin their lives gambling, right? Yeah, it's, it's not a good. Uh, but I'm not saying it should be illegal. I'm just saying okay. it's it's an ethical gray area that needs to be uh, studied. Hey, and look, if it has this, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna revise myself. If it has the same effect as gambling, right? I, I, sure, maybe the maybe the company that's the gaming companies have responsibility to maybe uh, if a guy's spending a thousand dollars on clicker heroes, maybe they have responsibility to say, look. You know, what kind of income do you have to be able to support this hobby? And maybe they could require some verification. But then, you know, if the numbers check out, there's nothing wrong with that guy oh, spending that money. Look, definitely. By the way, guys, I live in Las Vegas. I, you know, there's legalized gambling, you know, helps pay my, um, helps lower my property taxes. I'm all for, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say uh, loot boxes should be banned. I'm just saying that there has to be some, you know, study of it so that 
the weakest and most vulnerable people don't get taken advantage of, just like with gambling. That's all. Like, you know, I don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> right, that, that's fine. But yeah, you know, I think a lot of people are just they do want to get they do want to get rid of it. The problem with the battlefront drama is that they just don't want that in their game. Period. I mean, that's a different so, point. Like, I mean, the Belgian authorities would not ban uh, that. They would what they probably would do is tax it and control it so that you have to, maybe you have to verify your age before you can buy things. Yeah. I, I'm not against those moves yeah, either. Okay, good. So I, I think but, we found but, some. But, but look, that's provided it has the same effect on the human brain as something extreme mm-hmm. like alcohol and gambling. Provide, by, by by default, right? My default position is I don't think you have to protect. Uh, it's not somebody else's responsibility to protect idiots from making bad decisions. That's my default proposition. Okay. Generally, you should be able to do what you want. If it's your money, you know, you do you do your own thing, and that's fine. But if it does take an extreme where it does have a psychological impact, like gambling and alcohol, then yeah. But all right, all right. these things are not going to disappear. Even if you regulate it, it's not going to disappear, I don't think. Of course you know, not. Yeah. We're still going to get the loot boxes. People, so, <laughs> I mean, how do you address... We wouldn't want a 15-year-old rolling the dice and chugging a vodka, would we? No. Just, yeah, no, of course. And so the same reason, we shouldn't We shouldn't have a 15-year-old who's you know who feels the, this burning urge. A 15-year-old doesn't have access to that money. That's, it becomes a parenting issue as well. Why is the parent you know giving them their credit card? I mean, again, it's another what about. It's another what aboutism. That's not the issue. That's not the point. No, anyway, sure, I agree with the we're going there, but okay. you're tackling it in an incorrect way. I think. I, Ideally, the situations are solved by, uh, by the parents. No, that's not. But parents. You don't, you don't want a 15 year old blowing uh, tons of money on uh, Xbox games either. Right. That, that people, people can't choose their parents. If you tell someone, well, too bad, you should have been raised better, or you know, you should no, have, like that. That's like saying, oh, too bad, you should have been taller. You know, now you get, you can't reach a food, you starve to death. Too bad. Like that's not. A, that's not. A, I don't think it's a valid thing. You know, no one picks their parents. But, but you have to pick the responsibility. You have to put the responsibility somewhere. And I think uh, by default, the responsibility lies so, with the individual. So what do we do with someone? family uh, before it gets to okay, the, well, the, the let's, side even. Let's say it gets there, though. You got, you got a 16-year-old who was raised poorly. You can't just tell him, well, too bad, your parents. Fine, fine. fine. He's raised poorly. Okay, you, you, now, now, now he's in the loot boxes? As a community, we have some responsibility to our fellow humans. Hey, I, I'm not against a company ver- verifying uh, like income before they can spend more than like... Like after a thousand dollar threshold, maybe <laughs> they'd be required to uh, spend verify their send their tax return in or something. Prove that they make enough money to support this hobby. I mean, again, I would do the same way that casinos currently handle high rollers. Um, which, by the way, which by the way is basically it's not well. Non-existent. It's not well. Okay. It's not well. Okay, people that are high rollers in casinos, they get given more alcohol, and nothing gets done really. All right. All right. Well, I think we went in a circle. I think we agreed uh, on a few yeah. points at the end there. That's good. I, I, I want to pivot a little bit uh, right. also on the discussion of fairness though but maybe take it away from the monetization aspect and talk a bit about fairness in terms of gameplay I do feel like games um, competitive games as well take fairness to a bit of an extreme sometimes like games like Overwatch for example you know they, they do try to make their heroes as balanced as possible which sometimes gets in the way of fun and MMORPGs I think is a better example because I remember playing like old school EverQuest when that game had like when the game when we played like in 2002 or something the game had like 10 playable races and like 12 playable classes. Some crazy amount of classes and races right from the get-go. And obviously with so many classes and the races, there's, there wasn't any balance. Like some classes were complete shit, other classes were like a lot more going on. MapleStory is a good example of that today with so many playable classes. I feel like in the in the struggle for fairness and trying to make things balanced, we lose a lot as well. We lose a little bit of fun. When you, when you, when you pursue balance Definitely. too much, you lose a lot of fun. And one of the reasons I love MapleStory, you know, is that there's so many classes, I can always come back and try new shit. And when, when, when developers aren't so constrained by balance and fairness, it allows them to experiment with more crazy shit and it can create more fun. So I, I feel like fairness almost gets taken to an extreme sometimes, and it is, it's a bit annoying. I mean, you know, That's why I like actually Dota 2 model of like fairness, where everything is OP, so nothing is OP. <laughs> it, it creates a way more fun environment, I think. I do think 
Dota was designed more with fun in mind because of that. Just the hero interactions, the crazy shit that can happen in Dota versus League of Legends, which is much more tame. Or Heroes of the Storm. It is so fucking tame compared to even League or Dota. Like, there's so much more wild crits, crazy stun locks, and unbelievable nonsense in Dota that you're just never going to see in Hotstar League. So, I don't know. Fairness is, is a constant that extends to gameplay as well. <coughs> I, you, know, you know my stance on the, the com you know, competitive balance, gaming and balance. I think we mm -hmm. lost so much. I think one of the biggest sins of gaming is this focus on uh, balance or fairness. Mm -hmm. For me, even as a kid playing outside, one of the greatest like things about was you know the greatest point of fun in gaming was the asymmetrical nature of it. Like mm -hmm. when you you know when kids are playing tag outside, not every kid is the same speed. Some kids are tall, some kids are short. You know, but you you form ways to balance that. Like you you balance it out. You know, whether it's like you know picking teams in a gym class. You know. They take you know two captains take turns picking, so you have a mix of good and bad players. I I don't think we should strive for okay make it as even as possible and then watch a boring thirty minute slugfest where barely anything happens because it's so even, which which is what league is by the way. If you watch those league competitive games, it's so boring. In fact, the uh, the League of Legends World Championship SKT versus SSG, which was a couple weeks ago or a month ago or so, I think the one game there was five kills, one game there was like ten kills and like thirteen kills. It never got about fifteen kills. Yeah. It was so boring. And like first blood happened like 50 minutes into a game. Yeah. It's I hate it. Yeah, there's not enough variance there. And we I think there is there was always a certain like uh like fun to beating an OP hero. I mean, I remember when we played Dota 1 on BattleNet like we were really bad at Dota 1 by the way. We were, we were really young as well. Like we, we didn't know what we were talking about. But, like in our mind, if you pick like Slardar for some reason or Clinks Bone Clinks or uh, Slardar were like the most OP heroes in the game. So like in our friend circle, if you picked those heroes, you were a faggot, right? And like <laughs> if you beat somebody who picked Clinks, you would just rub it in his face. So, like like you picked this OP hero and I still beat you. Like obviously they weren't actually OP by the way. We, we were just retarded. But like that sense of overcoming something that's imbalanced is also kind of fun in its own way as well. Which is why sometimes you know when, if I know somebody spent money on a game and I can beat them or like, with, like inferior goods, that that's actually a real benefit. So I don't want to lose that in the pursuit of balance either. Balance is important in, in some respects, but in especially in MRPGs where PvP and competitiveness aren't that important. Balance should not get in the way of designing fun classes. I think somebody mentioned in the chat, uh, is that like classes become so homogenous it gets boring. Like, what was the last time you played a class in MRPG where it was holy shit, this is fucking interesting? For me, it's been literally forever. Yep. Like the only time I remember playing a certain class was Dark Age of Cabo. Oh, we yeah. played a class called the Thermer. Thermatist or something. I'm thinking Thermaturge from from Flash, but it's not Thermaturge. Thurgus? It sounds very similar to Therm Thurgus. Thurgus. It's yeah. Thurgus. They summon like a pet that only lasts two seconds, and the pet fights for two seconds and then it dies. But you can summon like ten of them at once. Or there's a class called the uh, you, you can put mushrooms on the ground and they act like turrets. We can put like five mushrooms in different spots, or you can stack ten mushrooms together. And it requires a shit ton of mana, and your playstyle was so weird and bizarre that it doesn't fit into any common definition of a class. It was so bizarre, but it was so fun and different. You can always play the default warrior mage shit classes too, but I loved playing these weird classes that would be really good in certain PvE situations, but would be garbage in PvP or maybe like not very efficient. But it was amazing. Like you could, it would give so much fun to be able to play a new class. I think Maple Story captures that to a degree as well. But so many modern like World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XIV, there are no innovative classes anymore. Everything just feels so stale oh, yeah. and the same old shit because everyone's so concerned about balance. Oh, Fuck yeah. balance. And and. As someone who played one of the shittier classes in Dayok initially, I still love the system. My first character was this like uh, 
Armsman. Armsman. I, I just have a pole arm. I attack with my. I just go like this. You were a shitty warrior with auto attacks. That was it. I go like this. That's all I do. And then like the other classes are like this. The one you're seeing right here, Thurgist. He can summon like dozens of these like elementals. Animus summons mushrooms. There was a uh, bone dancer who had like four pets. Yeah, that was fucking amazing too. So I had I had like three perma healers, personal healers, and like a one tank, and I would just I could I could one v one almost any class with that. But he wasn't very good in a big group. So there was a give and take still, but. The fact is, they weren't they weren't constrained by making sure every class is balanced against every other class. Because if you do that, what happens is every class feels like every other class. Because you yeah, there can't be variation if you're trying to keep everything balanced. And I don't think too many people are really that concerned about balance. In games like Overwatch, yeah, I get it. It's more of a competitive shooter, you know. But you can still design it to be like way chaotic. And I think the best example again is Dota versus like Hots or League. Like, I, I like League the most in my game, but, like, I love that aspect of Dota where it was just crazy fun design with both the items and the abilities. Created such crazy combos that were just, like, it's still largely balanced because every class has these really crazy things. But otherwise, you get such stale content. And I really wish other MOs, like, innovated a bit on that. Like, I play Final Fantasy XIV now. I'm, I'm playing, I have a Black Mage, and I'm leveling up my, uh, my, uh, Scholar. But, like, there's really no unique mechanics. I know what you mean. Do, uh, do you remember... Um, do you think... Uh, what, was, what was your favorite class in EverQuest? Someone mentioned Enchanter was a fun class. In EverQuest, I played a monk to like 50-something. Oh. <laughs> and I played Paladin and I played a Shaman. I kind of liked Shaman as well because with a Shaman, it was a, it was a DOT class and it really created some fun mechanics. And obviously, DOT class itself doesn't sound very like uh, you know innovative. But you were one of the only class in the game that give yourself a speed buff called uh, Spirit of Wolf or something. Yeah. Good old SOW. And that will actually outrun a lot of enemies. Druids got it too. Especially... Druids got it too. I, used to, I had it once. Yeah. So you could outrun, like, you, you could actually kill these ogres that were, like, con red tea, which means they were really hard to kill. Like, you could never stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. But you would dot them, give yourself the speed buff, and run around for, like, a full, like, 15 minutes and let the dot slowly tick on them and like, recast the dot over and over again while dodging other enemies. And it was, like, a really, it was a weird style of play that developed because of the game. That like was pretty unusual, but it was still kind of cool because it was different. Mm -hmm. my, so I like that a lot as my well. My favorite class in uh, EverQuest was the Bard. I had a Bard. It, the way it played was so interesting. So you 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 know you you can play a different song. You can have a song playing. But the thing is, when you stop playing a song, the buff would start blinking, which means it's still it's still active for a few seconds, right? As it fades. So what a good Bard would do is they would weave songs, and this wasn't like a feature that perhaps they planned, but the way it would work is you'd have You'd play a song, then you switch to another song, and it would just keep going back and forth. And you, I think I think you could have up to three songs because because of, of the fade time, so you could weave three different buffs at once. And you know, obviously, while you, moving and attacking, yeah, yeah. Else so too. it was hard to be a good bard because it required a different set of uh, like button pushing than the other classes. Like it, there was no equivalent of that to like the warrior had nothing equivalent to that. The mage had nothing equivalent to that. Whereas in WoW, everyone has like the dot, everyone has a nuke, everyone has like the you know, the the the, the movements. You know, it's just I don't know. That, that's probably what I miss most from uh, like modern MMORPGs. I think I'm playing a modern MMORPG, Final Fantasy XIV. Like, there's so much I like about the game. There's a lot I dislike about the game as well. And I, I really would love to see whether it's maybe Air or some of these newer MMORPGs coming out. Maybe have fun with the classes again. And don't let you know this weird concept of balance really matter that much. You know, make make classes fun, and then maybe tweak them later to make them somewhat balanced. But like, I want to see mechanics that are different. I don't want to just play another ranged DPS, melee DPS. Uh, magical heal, mag magical support, magical DPS. That's or tank. Those are the archetypes we've seen in every game, and the same mechanics in every single MMORPG. Literally, whether you play a Chinese MMORPG, Korean MMORPG, Western MMORPG, your mechanics are the same. You know what's funny? 
having having just trashed on um Battlefront Two, mm. I actually watched uh, a streamer named Doctor Disrespect. I, I like his little shtick he's got going on. Mm. But uh, he was playing Battlefront Two, and it, it actually made me want to play it because in the multiplayer you have different characters, right? And the characters play radically differently. So he was doing really well with um, Chewbacca, Wookie, the Wookie. Mm. But then he tried like the officer who's got like a pistol, and he just got mm. he just got insta killed. And like, he's like, oh, this character sucks. I'm going back to the Wookie. It's so cool that different classes actually have who that actually play radically differently, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, it makes me want to buy it. Actually, I don't know, guys. I, I, I'm, no, you can't support EA. Fuck that. I feel well. I feel like yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm gonna get trashed on, but I actually want to try the different classes. Oh. I, I'm personally, I've been playing a little bit of Battlerite lately. Actually, enjoying that quite a bit. Uh, it's the classes feel decently different, though nothing like crazy. Like every class is still you know pretty similar, but pretty superb game. Yep. So, and big ch- shout out to Battle, right? <laughs> uh, a chat is you know, a, a few people saying the officer is actually the most OP. And that's actually the best part, where each individual player, based on their play style, can have a different, you know, a different favor and do radically differently with each character. If you can play a game with only like a plus or minus 10% variation with every class, that means that the classes are boring. Because everyone should be. Every player should find a new, a different favor. Like, kind of like Smash Brothers. I know you mentioned in the pregame and where. <laughs> But in Smash Brothers, there was certain characters that each player gravitated towards because they fit their, you know, style better. True. Yeah. So you need to have that. You, you got to be the characters got to be radically different enough that different people prefer different styles. I think maybe that's why Dead, Dead by Daylight is a good example of a game that really has like unique mechanics mm-hmm. for like different killers, different survivors, like, and 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 the play style between playing as a survivor and a, and the killer is drastically different. So maybe that's one of the reasons the game has done so well over the years. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. We talked about that weekly raid, guys, for a long time. Oof. Yeah, I was. It was. It was a good one. And I think fairness is still a discussion that there's a lot, of, you know, nooks and crannies we haven't explored yet either. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's and monetization. I think is now becoming like a big forefront of a big issue that everyone is talking about now. Before again, it was in this weird corner of Asian shit that we were we were smothered in for a long time. But now it's you know right in front of Western audiences. Do you, but, Everyone's talking about this shit now. Oh, I don't want to get into this too much right now. But this is maybe a post game thing. But do you? I really think there's a difference between Western and Asian culture when it comes to monetization. Okay. Yes. Hundred percent. And I, I don't want to sound racist by by saying agreeing with you here. But listen, I remember I was watching a, a YouTube video, and it was about a a relationship in China. I think you were watching it with me, right? About um, there was a there was a a couple. I think that that kind of living apart, and maybe they might have been online, and. Basically, the, the man was in a, a Skype call with his girlfriend and his parent, her parents, right? They were meeting the parents on a Skype call, right? And they're, they're obviously in love. They're in a relationship. And the parent, the, 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 the girlfriend's mother was questioning the guy. And the, he, the first thing she's asking with this, like, I hate the sound, with his bitch face attitude, like, how much money do you make? What kind of car do you drive? Do you own an apartment? What's your job? <laughs> how much money does your father have? Do you have, a, do you have an inheritance? Like... It was bizarre. Like the only questions in the in this, you know, it was, I think it was like a BBC documentary. It wasn't like some offshoot bullshit nonsense. It was they were asking straight up about issues that were so taboo in like Western culture. Yeah, yeah. Always about money and and status. You don't ask those kind of things in the, in, here in the West. Exactly. So, you think about it, but like you find like a sideways way to like yeah. find out. You know, you don't just straight up walk up to someone and be like, "Hey, how much do you make?" <laughs> But it, yeah, we almost like yeah, money is such a taboo topic like that in America, at least. So to see them ask like so brazenly, and like and the guy was answering because like he has to, he's used to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not surprised with that kind of uh, you know culture. I'm not saying their culture is wrong, ours is right, but with that kind of culture, it's no surprise that you know 
pay to win and stuff like that becomes like less of an issue. Obviously, people in in China and Korea obviously nobody likes the concept of pay to win. There's no it's, no there's no vocal support for pay to win. All right, people are, I think people are more accepting of it. <laughs> uh, the picture perfect life link that's worth sharing i know so if you guys can't read it, it says before you can marry one you must defeat her father in starcraft 2 well starcraft 1 her yeah father didn't i was gonna say starcraft exactly 2. come on that's a correction boys. yeah this meme needs some work it's starcraft brood war okay nobody's playing starcraft 2 anymore in korea that game's dead dead game hashtag dead game all right back to brood war <laughs> we should talk a little bit about g-star uh 2017 okay. That's the for those that know G Star 2017 is the is the big premier gaming convention in South Korea where basically NTSoft, Nexon, and all the big uh, companies show off all their good games, all the new stuff coming out. And there's been a lot of mobile stuff this year, a lot of mobile stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the main yeah, I put up a whole bunch of articles on G Star and it was all mobile stuff. Like I didn't even realize it till I finished that it was all mobile stuff that I put up. <clears throat> uh, I'll start with uh, Icarus M. Mm-hmm. So this is a this is a Unity, uh, excuse me, Unreal 4 uh, MMORPG, mm-hmm. and it's a sequel, I guess, to the original uh, Riders of Icarus, which is known as Icarus Online in Korea. And that game was made on the CryEngine uh, back in 2013. So five years later, four years later, it, it's on mobile. And I honestly, I was surprised by how good it looks. Like this, look, yeah, every yeah. game looks good on mobile. The trailers always look good, but the game always ends up being shit. I hate to be the pessimist now, but after playing Lineage 2 Revolution, I don't know, man. <laughs> These mobile games are so misleading. But I mean, that that's a whole other uh, can over there, but I don't know. I saw the trailer that you, you're talking about. And yeah, yeah, it looks epic, but when you play the game, it's going to be auto-playing nonsense, the same way Lineage 2 Revolution was. Sure, sure, but before we get shitting on it, I got to say, when I saw this trailer... It reminded me of the initial, the first trailer I saw for the Korean version of Icarus Online. When they're flying and fighting that one boss. It actually looks mm-hmm. almost identical in, in the visual department. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. I gotta say that's impressive. You can't you can't write that off completely. No, visually it, it visually it's impressive. Yeah. And I do think the the direct like how much better visually these mobile games are getting is, is phenomenal. Like in two, three years, again, they're gonna be better than like most modern PCM RPGs, like for sure, with the way how fast mobile games have been getting better and better. I think you said the average, uh, the new iPhone has a CPU in it that's faster than the seventh generation i5. It's the new iPhones are faster than the seventh generation uh, notebook i5s. Okay. Not the desktop ones yet. Yeah. Okay. So again, the the pace of like, you know, acceleration for technology for, for mobile has been getting so insane. <clears throat> so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, mobile games featuring at, you know, PC or better graphics uh, in the you know, near future. Definitely, definitely. I think uh, I think Intel needs to step their game up. Before behind. we get to a, a PC game at G-Star, I want to talk about uh, Blade & Soul Revolution. And look at this video. Honestly, look, I play Blade & Soul, right? So I like Blade & Soul. And seeing it as a mobile game, I'm like, Blade & Soul Revolution is going to suck. But look at, the, look at the video right at the beginning. Okay. The graphics and the interface looks just like the PC version. Like, visually, this looks freaking gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. It's just... Again, that's what that was what surprised me about Icarus, but I'll watch yeah. this one too. Uh, actually, this is actually a better trailer because you can actually see the guy holding yeah. the tablet. So, a lot of guys, a lot of people don't like this kind of video because they say like the quality is bad. But I'd rather see this than a trailer because in the trailer they can you know edit it to make it look good. But when you're seeing someone actually holding the tablet or the phone, you know this is actually it's what legit. it looks like. Yeah, it's legit. You know, you know they're actually playing the game. It's not some like pre-rendered nonsense or like some stage nonsense. Like, even, like, the combat looks, like, so, like, the map, the way it's placed, 
this makes this this gives me hope that it's in a persistent universe because I see some other guy running around the background. There's like three people in the video, and I'm pretty sure he's only in a party of one. So it looks like it's in a persistent universe, which itself is is pretty cool. I'm pretty sure there's autoplay too because I see the potion where it's like glowing, and that means it's being auto used. And I think I see an autoplay button in the bottom right, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But like visually and like fluidity wise, it looks beautiful. Yep. But what's the deal with Lineage 2? What's the deal with this game? Because like there's Blade and Soul 2, which is different than Blade and Soul R. And they're both mobile only games. Why are there two? And why is the people that worked on Blade and Soul R is the development team that worked on Blade and Soul PC. Okay. You would think those guys worked on Blade and Soul 2, which is the sequel to the PC version. But no, Blade and Soul 2 has got a different team. And Blade and Soul R is the real sequel because it's got the same team. Wait, Blade and Soul R is Revolution? No, it, I don't know what the R stands for. Blade, Blade, it's, it's, it's called Israel Revolution. Yeah, Blade and Soul Revolution. But I thought Blade and Soul Revolution is by Netmarble. Am I wrong about that? I could be wrong. Uh, about that. I made that up. I, I'm not sure. I, th- I thought it was by NCSoft. I, oh, Blade and Soul, no. Blade and Soul Revolution is 100% by NCSoft. I know that. Okay, okay. Because Blade and Soul, again, it's got the, ex, the team that worked on Blade and Soul PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that, that's a bit bizarre. It's it's Terra Mobile that's going to be by Netmarble. Yes, there you go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's also Terra Mobile coming out, guys. That was also a, a big feature at G Star. Actually, that, the closed beta for that bad boy is coming out like in, in like a week. Oh, yeah. That one's actually happening real soon in South Korea. Uh, that one also. A, yeah. uh, I want to show the video for that one real quick. So mm-hmm. Terra initially came out in 2011, <clears throat> which makes it what s- six years old now. Yeah, almost seven. Uh, here's a, I'm gonna show some gameplay. Actually, I'm gonna show other 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 one here. So this uh, is made on Unreal 4 as well, whereas the base game, the PC game, is on Unreal 3. So the mobile version is actually ahead uh, in terms of engine, at least. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one reason uh, these mobile games are going to get bigger and bigger. I really think that the the pace that people upgrade their phone versus their PC is going to lead to mobile gaming actually being more powerful than PC gaming. The average people. I'm not talking about like... I'm not talking about like... Uh, a crisis here, okay? A crisis five or whatever they're on. I'm talking about the average. Nobody can play crisis, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about like stuff like League, you know, like Counter Strike. Those the big games on PC are going to be way behind technically from the games on P- uh, on mobile uh, soon. Mm-hmm. I think the the best one of the one of the more interesting things we saw at uh, at, at G Star was some gameplay for Air, which is actually a PC MRPG. It's really it's really that and uh, Ket's Pal. The more gameplay for that, which I think was, I got my eyes on because those are both PC uh, releases. And specifically Air, because we talked a little about this last week, but uh, I mean, this is a, a, a actual MMORPG. This seems to be like, and it's not just a relaunch of an old shitty game. You know, we've seen a lot of old relaunches. We see like Tartaros Rebirth launch in America like a couple weeks ago. It's, it's a trash game. You know, there's a lot of old games are relaunching on Steam, but like that's really nothing new. So to see an actual PC MMORPG, uh, you know, happening from, from Blue Hole, like, it looks like a decent budget game as well. So this is, this seems pretty hype. I mean, so I'm, I'm waiting on this one. And, and what's cool about this is actually it's um it it already has a Western publisher now, it's Kakao Games. So often we talk about these uh these games. They really they often don't even have a Western publisher announced, and we, they never may actually come out. But they're clearly aiming for a Western release, which is which is pretty good. This one looks pretty hype. Oh it, yeah, it looks good visually. But I mean, I still I still have to play it, obviously, but. Looks neat. Out of uh, what we saw at G-Star, this is what I'm looking forward to most. The, my mm-hmm, only concern sure. is it's Unreal 3, not 4. That That's such a like a punch to the gut. But even with that said, the fact that it's so far in development and we're going to get it uh, the first half of next year, at least a beta, is, is you know it saves the, it saves the day. 
Like, look at this mm-hmm. gameplay. Like, it, it's, it seems like it's got a good mix of PvP, uh, PvE, and, like, side stuff, like, to do that aren't as super serious. Mm-hmm. But, man, the super serious stuff is important. The, 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 the side not super serious yeah. stuff is important to yeah. me. Hopefully, they, they do that right. I do think a lot of games, they, they focus too much on combat. We've talked about it before. They lose sight of, like, the MMORPG experience. Like, yeah, have good PvP, have good combat, but, like, focus on a lot of the side shit, too, whether it's cosmetics, whether it's emotes, whether it's really smooth animations, whether it's, like, weather. Just all the side shit really adds up for the immersive experience. So hopefully, they, they do well on that as well. Yep. Uh, what, how do you feel about Steampunk? I know this is, um, this is a topic I like, uh, a theme I like, I should say. So I... I I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's neat because it's different, but like I, I mean, it's not like I don't, I don't go crazy about it. Like it's not like a bonus for me. It's oh, just okay. like it's not a bonus. It's not a bonus for me. It's uh, hopefully uh, as long as the game is fun. Like I don't care if it's sci-fi, medieval, or anything. Uh, make it make it interesting, uh, engaging, and different. Yeah, that's the most important. But I'm saying, it, yeah. it, for me, for me, it being steampunk definitely gives it a little bit of extra. Uh, cyberpunk uh, is, is definitely way, cyberpunk is way cooler, way cooler. That's true, but we don't get much cyberpunk. What uh, there's yeah. one. Single player RPG being worked on by Project Red, the guys that did uh, mm. Witcher, but that's, Witcher. Probably, that's probably years away still. I mean, beyond that, we had a lot of uh, a lot of mobile game news. I don't, I don't want to get too much to that. There's there's a uh, there's a uh, Ket's Pal as well, but I want to take us on a slight detour because I remembered uh, a game is shutting down this week, and there's a game I have a lot to say about. It's uh, Master X Master announced they were shutting down in January of uh, 2018, so about a, about a month and a half or so. And let me let me let me link you the article for a second. But Master X Master is a game I played a decent amount of, and I actually really like the core gameplay. But <coughs> seeing Master X Master as a as a product is is pretty. Like, it's so bizarre that the game got made the way it was made. Before, so if you never played Master X Master, hmm? before we move on, guys, the, the the gameplay video we're showing is for Ascent Infinite Realm. Um, it's coming out next uh, year for PC and RPG. Yeah, okay. let me link you uh, this article. Sorry about that. But this game, uh, I enjoy the core gameplay a lot, but like, this makes me question whether developers, some developers, know what the hell they're doing. Because this seems like such a... Master X Master seemed like such a weird game. For anyone that didn't play it, it's basically a MOBA. It's got a 3v3 game mode, kind of like Battle Right, where you're just in an arena and you kill each other. And you have a really cool mechanic where you can switch classes. So everyone chooses two characters at the beginning instead of one, the way you would in League or Dota or Battle Right. You choose two, and you can switch between them at will using your mouse wheel. There's a cooldown. They have separate HP, separate cooldowns. So it's a tag team battle, you know. It was actually really nifty core gameplay, and it ran really smoothly. Good variety of characters, and there's also five v five, more traditional MOBA mode, which is really cool. But the game was, but the game also had this really weird PVE feature where it was trying to be like Closers or Dungeon Fighter Online, where you could go on these PVE adventures and like unlock new stuff. It was so bizarre. Like, what on earth were they thinking when they made this game? Like, whoever designed Master X Master, I would love to have them in the podcast to pick their brain on what the hell they were thinking. Because you have a phenomenal MOBA element and this mediocre bullshit PV element. And what makes it ridiculous is that you have to, it made players play the PVE mode to unlock rare nodes. Nodes were like runes. They can power up your attacks. And they, they were game-breakingly important. And nodes work in PvP. So it's like, players, you have to do this bullshit PvE mode which is, doesn't even belong in this game, in order to enjoy the PvP, which is the core reason to play this game to begin with. Oh, we're also going to make you play PvE to unlock new heroes, which is bullshit because you need to play PvE to play to enjoy PvP. So who were they catering towards is my question. If I would love to answer who is this game aimed at? Are you aiming for the core mobile audience? Because they don't want to play the shitty PvE. 
They don't want to play the PvE to, for hours and hours and hours, for 50 hours, to unlock all the bullshit nodes and all the characters. They want to play the PvP, which is actually fun, but they can't. You're not even letting them play what they want to play. So seeing this game shut down is literally no surprise. Yeah. I, I thought maybe after close beta, they'd figure it out and just axe all the PvE nonsense. <clears throat> it made no sense to put PvE in a game like Master X Master. Literally no sense. It's... It makes me question who's designing these games. Look, sometimes there's a disagreement over preference. And I admit I'm a more hardcore, I'm looking for a more hardcore experience than most. But this design principle makes zero logic, zero sense gaming. Yeah, and people, uh, someone in chat mentioned they like the PvE in MXM. But that's not the point. I think the point, the, the analogy I use when describing this is is the restaurant one. You know, you can have a good PvE game. You can have a good PvP game. But when you just throw different game modes, like different... The thing is, when I played Master X Master, I didn't know what it was trying to do. So if you have a restaurant, guys, if you go to a restaurant, and they have a menu that's like 50 pages long, and they have hundreds of items, you can bet it's going to be a very mediocre restaurant at best. A good restaurant is a very small menu because the chefs are experts at cooking the items on that small menu. Uh, that's why in League of Legends, I one of the best moves League of Legends did, I think, was shutting down that stupid mode they added. Dominion or whatever? What was it called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dominion. Dominion. See, I feel that was just... Uh, a waste of focus. That's not what people were playing League for. So I think to be an expert, okay, you don't add more. You take away. And, and so you're left with, you know, the, the gem. The, you know, gem cutting is all about removing from the stone, making it shiny, all right? You don't add shit to it. MXM and didn't know that. That makes sense. Because, look, honestly, MXM could have been Battle Right. You know, Battle Right came out well after, like, I think, after MXM, actually. I'm not sure. Probably similar time, actually. But MXM could have been as successful and popular as Battle Right if they just focused on the core gameplay that made the game fun. Look, I, I, I accept that some people enjoyed the PvE. However, I, there's nobody out there that played MXM purely for PvE. There wasn't enough PvE to play anyway. There was no pro- the, the progression there was so limited. It wasn't an MMORPG-style progression the way DFO or Soul Worker or Critica were. So the PvE element, even for people that enjoyed it, there, there wasn't anything there. After you scratch the surface, yeah, I thought I thought the level designs were kind of cool. The movement and the combat was kind of neat for PVE, and it worked. But there's nothing there that's gonna keep you for 10, 20, 30 hours. It, it, it's just not there. You'd rather play, you'd much rather play a DFO or, or an actual MRPG instead. The PVE just didn't make any sense, even for people that did like it, because there just wasn't enough there. And it, and, and you re- it required the core audience to play that shit, which they didn't want to play. I didn't want to play in order to enjoy the PVP. And actually, I, enjoy, I played the PVP a decent amount, and like. It's funny, one of my friends played PvE a lot, and he had all the legendary nodes that I didn't have. But I still beat him, and it felt really good beating somebody with better <laughs> gear than you. And we talk about the pay-to-win stuff. But like, it felt good being my friend who had all the legendary nodes. But I, I just thought if they if they focus on the PvP, it could have been the next Battle right? I mean, Battle Royale is over, over 30,000 concurrent players. The game is booming since someone's free-to-play. A- an excellent example of a game that, that focuses on its core. You know, Battle Royale knows what it is. There's no bullshit 5v5 game mode with lanes, turrets, and nonsense. There's no PvE mode in Battle Royale. Battle Royale is a 2v2 and 3v3 arena with, with a handful of heroes. That's it. And, and it yeah. works really well because it's so focused. It's yep. laser-focused on what it's trying to do. You can't add all this bullshit together and expect a good experience. It just doesn't work. Indeed. I'll... Uh, Master X Master was not the only game that uh, got the death sentence this week. Uh, Marvel Heroes is shutting down as well. That was a license issue with Disney, wasn't it? Uh, it was. Disney decided to cut their relationship with Gazillion Entertainment, which makes uh, which makes uh, Marvel Heroes. I don't think th- which is which is not a which is not an unexpected move. Gazillion's kind of a small company. Disney and Marvel are big. I'm, I think they're going to give the uh, Marvel license to EA, which has Star Wars currently. 
So, uh, you know what that means, guys? More mm. loot boxes. Oh, boy. More loot boxes, baby. Mm. Uh, you, I think you did a first look for... Uh, Marvel Heroes was actually a good game. Yeah, it's it was actually about, a fun game. It, it, it's like Diablo 3 or Path of Exile, like action RPG, yep. but with, with, with Marvel. With tons of heroes and yeah. tons of customization with Marvel characters. And you can actually play all of them on one character. You know, you just switch between them, level up all of them separately, get their gear separately. It, it was a pretty, you know, it lasted a few years. I mean, it was, one weird thing about that game is they kept changing their name. First they were Marvel Heroes, then they became Marvel Heroes 2016, and they're like, uh, now we're Marvel Heroes Omega. Like every year they would just Omega. change their name. It was really weird. Oh boy, we just got a sub. Thank you, HJ Bao, for the big subscription. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, fam. It was fun, but it's it's shutting down now, real soon. And the writing was on the wall on that one too. They they stopped updating their website. They stopped updating their social accounts. So it was to be expected, unfortunately. Rip Marvel Heroes. Uh, the, the only other good game, switching gears back to uh, G Star. Well, again, I don't want to say only good game because we've we've seen a lot of uh. A lot of a lot of mobile games in there. Obviously, mobile doesn't appeal to us particularly. But what I liked over there was uh, was was Kurt's Pell. I think we showed this off last week though. But uh, it, it looks really beautiful. The the core gameplay in this. Let me show that again. It's made mm -hmm. by the guys that made uh, Grand Chase and Elsewhere. And this is a PC title as well, guys. This is not mobile. And they they they're building this as a, as a PvP game. So it looks almost like uh, if you if you in the video I showed you, it lo it doesn't look kind of like Battle Right with anime characters. Kind of, yeah. It also reminded me of um, Peria Chronicles, which we mentioned last week. Visually, yes, yeah, but I think yeah, visually wise, different way. Yeah, no, 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 totally different gameplay. But I'm talking about the visuals. Mm -hmm. But this looks kind of neat. This was shown off again at, at G Star, but unfortunately, there's no release date for this bad boy just yet. No. Um, yeah, no, no uh, info on it. Do you think they said they chose Unreal Four for this game? Because they want to leave it open in case they want to port it to mobile later, but they are designing it with you know with PC in mind, and they're also mm -hmm. designing it with uh, a controller in mind. So this will be a gamepad title, or gamepad you know preferred title. Yeah, but again, it's one of the few games. Uh, honestly, you could really count the PC games shown off at uh, G Star like on one hand, which is unfortunate because I mean last year we had a lot of mobile games as well, but I think we had way more PC games. And again, this just shows how quickly mobile has like taken over the mindshare of all these developers. And we show you that chart, I think last week or the week before, how much money NCSoft makes from mobile games. NCSoft makes like $500 million off their mobile games in one quarter. And if you count Guild Wars 2, Aeon, Lineage 1, Lineage 2, all their PC games, it makes like $100 million. They make five times as much money as from their mobile games as all their PC games combined. And that's insane. You know, all, all the money is coming from mobile. So no surprise that more, more and more mobile games are being made. Which is what do you think is the next game to shut down soon? You, you want to take a shot at that one, Altai? Oh man, I know I've been wrong for over a year now about Wildstar. I feel like Wildstar is like uh, it just just refuses to die. It's a cancer patient who just keeps beating the diagnostics. You know, like doctor says you got like six months to live. He shows up at a he you know he says he's gonna eat the, he's gonna eat some bananas, run a marathon. You know, he's not giving up, and he keeps doing it. That fucker. <laughs> Why don't we just die already? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. At this point, I feel like I feel like I'm rooting for Wildstar now. I, I revise it. Wildstar is not shutting down for another like three years. All right, that game—it's got legs. It's—it's it's being cancer. It's being—it's being AIDS. It's being everything. All right. You know what? It's being Ebola. I—I'm rooting for the cancer cells. I'm you still root, you still root for the cancer cell, dude. This guy's beating back that cancer for years. Oh, dude, he deserves some. Oh, like Wildstar deserves some fucking praise now, right? They—they they deserve some. Uh, They're a survivor. Faith. Wildstar 5 or Mare 0. Yeah, at this point, I'm rooting for them for sure. They, they, they've beaten the odds for a long time. So I'm not going to... I'm going to say for sure, not uh, not Wildstar. 
But I mean, there's really a lot of games that should just die already. Like maybe I I'm gonna put uh, Bloodline Champions on there because that's the game that that Stunlock Studios made before Battle Right, and there's no reason for it to be around now that Battle Right is so successful. I mean, they're, they're in principle very similar. Design philosophy wise, they're very similar. Obviously, mechanic mechanically they're a little bit different, but it's not very popular anyway. So that one's got to go. Got to go. Got to go for sure. Uh, while we're on topic of mobile games, maybe we can uh, talk about Lineage 2 Revolution just a little bit more. I know uh, they've been advertising like crazy for the last like few weeks. I think people in the pregame were talking about how every major streamer, whether it's WoW streamers, Hearthstone streamers, literally anyone big on Twitch got paid the big bucks to, to stream Lineage 2 Revolution. And we were speculating earlier how much people like Lyric were getting paid, or any of the big shot streamers. And I think you said, uh, what, what was your number for how much you think they got paid? So I, I said I thought Lyric got minimum 100000 uh for for playing that. And it's crazy because a lot of people are always thinking like, oh my god, how could they sell out pretending like they enjoy that game? They're obviously getting paid, and they are getting paid. And we had a pretty fun discussion about you know our price point. Because obviously I think we all agree that shilling any game, it, it, you should be doing it. But at a certain price point, you can't not shill a game. Like, listen to me, boys. If you listen on YouTube... If I, if your boy Remo was paid a hundred thousand dollars, you you know, would you want me to turn that money down and not show their game? Huh? You know, do you want me? Do you want me to say no? You you come on, come on. You, you understand that, right? Like, get that money. Good for you. That's 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 gotta be your attitude. Yes, there you go. Fucking tell me to go get it, and then I'm not gonna. You know, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll show it for a week, and I'll never talk about it again. Or I'll say it sucks. My next podcast, all right? But like for that moment, just give it to me, all right? You know, you know, you know. I use uh, lineage two as a gauge. If you want to know who's big on Twitch or who matters on Twitch, just see who who was shilling Lineage 2 Revolution and who wasn't. See, so for example, we're too small. Like nobody approached us and uh, offered us money to stream it, so uh, we we missed out. But uh, those of those people who did stream it, that means they got big dicks. All right. All right. I mean, Bobby, if you you lose all credibility for me, if you, uh, but I understand why you do. I, I I don't think it's even a credibility thing. Honestly, look, I don't think they should be shilling it either. But like at a certain price point, like. It's almost like, why would you not take it at a certain price point? Like, uh, if they offer me a thousand bucks to shill it, maybe I'll say no. I'm, I'm, the game fucking sucks, by the way. You know, if, I, I put up a video for uh, Lineage 2 Revolution on uh, on YouTube earlier, basically called my final thoughts video. And it was basically me for shitting on the game for ten minutes and saying it could have been so much more. It's really bad. Auto playing is it's crazy. I, I generally didn't like it personally, and, and I said I didn't like it. But if you know. What if what if I did this, guys? Okay, what if uh, Omar is streaming the game, right? And he's like, "Wow, guys! Whoa, I just killed that orc autoplay. I didn't have to. Move, I didn't even have to use my mouse. Isn't that cool? This game is amazing. Look at those animations. So if he did that with this, but there's a giant pay promotion text like on it, like this. Would you guys would you guys still uh, think that's that's not doable? Fine. If we, if we have the giant pay promotion text, can we can we fake enthusiasm then? Is that okay? All those streams, in their defense, were labeled sponsored, but it was always cringe to see people like, uh, like, oh my god, this is so cool. Like, there was nothing <laughs> cool about Lineage to Revolution. Literally nothing. You know, it we was very do? uninspiring. You know, what we should do. We should email um, Netmarble and be like, uh, you owe us hundred thousand dollars for advertising Lineage Two. It must have got lost in the shuffle with all the companies they're working with in America. There you go. Yeah, you might. We, they might I, pay. <laughs> I bet you, if we, if we just send them a blank invoice saying Lineage Two Revolution invoice Twitch, I, they might pay it. Yeah, we should do that. We should do a test and see if they pay us. And then we'll give it back, right? Because you know we're honest people. But like, just send them an invoice. Like we'll call it like J and J Marketing, Twitch sponsorships, uh, X Y Z, and put like three fake names there, and, and just put a bank account information and PayPal and see if they pay it. That'd be amazing. 
Yeah, we do need some sponsors. They, they paid so. everybody. We do need some sponsors, guys. What do you guys think for podcast sponsors? Should we do Audible like everyone else? I don't. Th- I feel like that- I feel like our audience doesn't really know how to read, so that w- that wouldn't be a. Uh... Well, th- I'll tell you one thing: none of our audience, including us, reads Quest decks and MMORPGs. So yeah, exactly. Reading it probably doesn't. Yeah, so Audible could be good. We just listen, you know. That's true. So, a- a- Audible could totally work. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Audible. Want to read a book, <laughs> but you're too lazy and too dumb. Well, just listen to it instead. <laughs> Let's plug a let's plug a sponsorship in here, all right? Let's go. Let's get some of that beautiful podcast money. I think these guys are advertising a shit ton for some reason. Dollar Shave Club. Tired of being a neckbeard? Uh, up your up your game. Get laid. DollarShaveClub.com/slash/MMOs.com. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, boys. Here's the here's the game that's sponsoring us. All right, I'm dropping the link in uh, in Twitch chat. All right. all right, this is actually quite bizarre, honestly. Tartarus Online is spending a lot of money on advertising. This game is a piece of shit. All right, I dropped the link. I'm telling you, it's a piece of shit. But if you want to play it, give it a try. All right. But they're spending a lot of money on advertising. They, I think they pay us per download. If you play for like to like level five or some shit, we get some we get some moolah. Game is uh the game is definitely not very good though. I did a video on YouTube already. Yeah, I played with you. It's, it's weird that this game even launched. Like, why is it? Honestly, what's amazing is, again, if you sign up for this game, the money that it's, it's not even costing, like, a company money. The South Korean government is paying to advertise this game in America. This game is published by Game & Game, who is funded by the South Korean government, okay? You want to stick it to South Korea? Download that game, all right, boys? That's true, yeah. Guys, if you download this game, it won't cost anyone money but the government. So go do it, and we'll make, we'll make money off you. Nice. <clears throat> but, yeah, <laughs> Alright, let's let, let mention one more uh, mobile game real quick. This is actually a mobile game that's actually gasp. Doesn't look like trash. Alright, this is one of the few mobile games I think is actually somewhat hype. And maybe Twitch stream will agree with me on this one. What do you guys think? Mabinogi Mobile. Show it off. Oh yeah, this is yeah, you're right. I forgot about this. This, this is, is a G Star as well. Mm-hmm. This is probably the mobile game I'm most excited for from G Star. <clears throat> me too, actually. Oh, maybe Black Desert Black Desert Mobile, but you know, this this Black Desert Mobile I kind of know what to expect. It's going to be like another MMORPG. Mabinogi as a PC game was always innovative. It was always not just about the combat. It had trading. It had music. It had a lot of cool shit. So Mabinogi on mobile is what I think I'm more excited than Black Desert Mobile. Yeah. And it's an old enough game now that I think the translations in mobile, won't, you won't really lose any visuals. In fact, the visuals probably look better. Uh, Mabinogi is mm-hmm. old. But this, this video looks pretty nice too. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mabinogi... Uh, came around the end of the golden era of MRPTs, kind of like with WoW. I think it's about the mm-hmm. same age as WoW, maybe a year older. Uh, and it really pushed the envelope. It, it, it really was its own game. There's nothing like Mabinogi. It was an MRPG where there's a lot more shit to do than just kill enemies, kill orcs. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they can capture that on mobile. You know, we've, we complain a lot about the, the combat in mobile, right? But because of the kind of game Mabinogi is, it's not just going to be about combat. So there's, there's definitely some potential there and hope. Even the combat in Mabinogi, yeah, someone just mentioned it. Even the combat in Mabinogi was so different. Like, you would think at that point, like, you you know, MMORPG combat, you think you have an idea of what it means, right? You you left-click the mob and then you attacks, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Mabinogi had their whole different system to it. I think the way it worked is you had to see what they did. Like, if they didn't attack, you had to block. There was, there was, like, an attack, a block, and a special or something. And you had to do the opposite of, like, what they did. It was like, kind of like rocks, papers. And if you failed... You did like no damage. You just got knocked up. Like I remember, I, f- I was fighting a level one fox, and it took me like thirty minutes to kill it. It was just it was beating my ass because I, I couldn't figure it out. But once I did, at least it was original. You know the combat. Mm-hmm. You see some combat towards the end of this video too, and it does. Look, it still looks a little bit interesting. 
Uh, I, I'm hoping this is this one's this one's you know nice. I think uh, what else is coming out? I think we we have another game coming out this oh. week. It was um, Animal Crossing. The new Animal Crossing mobile game is coming out this week. I think. I think tomorrow. I might try that. You know, we'll see how that goes. Okay, this is unfortunately there's no release date for Mabinogi Mobile just yet, and that means there's no release date here in the West either. But I, I'm sure it'll come out of America too. I mean, a lot of these mobile games are making their way to America. So I have no doubt this will. I, mean, I think Terra Mobile, Terra M will definitely come to America because, I mean, Lineage 2 data is made by Netmarble. Plus, Terra was actually, I think, bigger in the West than it was in the East. That game is definitely going to make it. I'm going to I wanna plug uh, Path of Exile real quick here. Oh, well, a big one, uh, yeah. Yeah, they have another free expansion, or I should just call it an update. It's not really. I don't know. What do you feel about that? What do you feel about uh, free to play games releasing patches and calling them expansions? For the most part, it pisses me off. Look, <laughs> for an expansion, you have to have a lot of new areas. Or, like, there's got to be a benchmark, right? My yeah. usual benchmark is if it adds a new class, it's kind of like mm. a big deal. Or raise level cap. If it does either of those two things in a traditional MMORPG, or ideally both. If you, if you add a level cap and increase and add a class, then you're an MMORPG. Then, then it's an expansion, rather. If you don't do that, it's just an update. You know, you add a couple of new maps. Ain't no fucking... That ain't no expansion, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I prefer... I prefer to... Yeah, there are 32 new maps or regions, but, you know, they're not, like, huge. <clears throat> but, uh... Yeah, anyway, so Path of Exile, big patch coming up in in uh, December 8th. If you haven't played Path of Exile and you like action RPGs, I think December eighth is a is a is a great time to start. You know, probably maybe you'll be off for the holidays sometime in December, so be sure to try the game. They're adding a whole bunch of they're focusing on end game this time, so the end game mapping system will be a, we'll see an update. So that's always good. Mm -hmm. So go play it. That's the, that's the Altai game updated of the year. The most, the best improved game of the year for me is Path of Exile. I know people say oh, Warframe. Warframe was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warframe also is another contender. You'll have to wait till December. Warframe is actually huge. Holy crap! Actually, yeah. Warframe since they launched the uh, the Planes of Eidolon, their, their player base has doubled, and, and and it stayed that way, which is incredible. Is um is Warframe on Steam only, or can you play from their site? I think you can play from their site as well. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check that for you right now. I'm pretty sure you can yeah. still download it on their website. I want to compare. I, I think, think a lot of people play on Steam. I think it's bigger than Path of Exile Warframe. I think I think it's definitely bigger. Yeah. But I do. I don't. I, but I don't think it's an apples to apples comparison because uh, a lot of Path of Exile players play off Steam, mm -hmm. which might be the case for Warframe as well. But I, th I think Warframe is okay. So you played off Steam. Okay. So yeah, it is off Steam. All right. But the game is unbelievably popular, so they're doing they're doing mega work. They're both good games. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, uh, I just prefer Path of Exile. Uh, AP podcast for Grindfest, maybe. I mean, I don't know how much of a game that's easily playable there. We tried playing Lineage Two Revolution on Grindfest, and it was, it was something else. I don't think Altai particularly liked it either. I didn't mind it to be honest. It's a new, here's the thing: those those uh, autoplay mobile games, they're very easy to to stream because you can leave them on a one screen. And then talk and chat and read, you know, like Reddit uh, while you play. True. Uh, PUBG broke another new record. There are like 2.8 million concurrent users now. Oh wow! Do you think you they're know, look at, do you think they're gonna release the the desert map before New Year's? If when they release a new desert map, it's gonna jump again. Oh, I think we three million by the three million year for sure, boys. Three million. More importantly, look at my PUBG bandana. It is now up to over a thousand dollars for a bandana. Trench coats are about 600 bucks each still, but those are, I think, right about to, to jump as well. The MOS.com retirement account is doing well. We got we got six trench coats in the bank and a, and a bandana. Just, just basically, you got a new computer. Did you sell anything or did you, you get just uh, feeling flush? I have, 
I am feeling flush right now. Uh, I, I didn't sell any. I'm still holding on to my six. I have six trench coats and bandana. My price is once I can sell each trench coat for $2,000, I might sell then. Right now, my shit is worth like 5G. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to it until it jumps to like double that. If, if I can sell for 12K, I might do it. Uh, probably. I wouldn't be Fortnite. I, I don't know. Fortnite has a market for that yet. They might. Check on the community market on there. Uh, honestly, I'm so happy that uh, PUBG is so popular. Like, beyond having a lot of fun with PUBG, I, I made like $5,000 playing PUBG with these bullshit items. It's, God bless. It's the ass in chat. There's no effing way people actually buy these, right? It's a, you'd be surprised. People do buy them. Look how many orders. There are currently 9,900 people who have put in a bid to buy this bandana at $1,050. So you, these are... Look at the, yeah, you can see the actual bids. The, 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 the one at the bottom is, is that number or less. So a good benchmark, if you look at the actual bandana, at this exact moment, this guy wants to buy one bandana for $1,050. One guy wants to buy it $1,024. One guy wants to buy $1,023. There are, you can see five people in their highest bids right now. These people are just waiting to buy it. Yeah. And you can see all the transactions in the past on the... On, on, Steam market. It's a uh, the more time I spent online, the less shocked I am by by crazy things. There are there are many corners of the of the internet that will uh, shock you more. People people will buy Doge coins, right? If they're gonna buy some meme currencies, meme uh, cryptocurrencies, they're gonna be buying some some cosmetics as well. Alta, are you retarded if you buy one K Co? Great question. Uh, Alta, <coughs> how do you feel about that? Uh, yes. Well, what? Well, it's an investment. If you, oh. That's okay. That's true. If you're doing it, you can always sell it. You can always sell it. it remember, it, it goes up in value. I will say this. I will say this. The fact that you there's a market for it, right? Even if you don't sell it, even if you don't sell it, even if you don't, unlike Omar, like, let's say your intention is never to buy it to flip it. Okay, that's your intention is to buy it and wear it, right? The mm -hmm. fact that there is a secondary market where you could sell it at some point. Let's say you need the money, right? Uh, you know, you're getting foreclosed on. The fact mm -hmm. that there is a market where you can sell it. Makes it far because you spend money on, on trench coats. Makes yeah. makes it far less stupid than uh, a single player mobile game where you're unlocking, uh, you know, you know, different waifus or whatever. But uh, I like Chaos answer. You honestly you're retarded if you don't buy the coat because the price <laughs> keeps going up. All right. Yeah, but that's a, that's a dangerous mentality. A lot of bubbles are built on that. You know. Greater fool theory, right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you retard if you don't buy Bitcoin. It's over eight thousand a pop now. There's also degrees. Like I say, you say you really like like. Uh, PUBG, you play it every day, right? Yeah, sure. Buy a one, buy a bandana, buy a trench coat. You know, it makes you feel good. But the problem is, is the mechanics gonna get you to keep buying them? Like, imagine you buy one every month, and the game kind of encourages it. Then, then we're getting dangerous territory, which is what a lot of mobile games do, by the way. None of these mobile games are like, okay, buy this and you're done. It's always, it's always buy this. Oh, you didn't get the one you wanted. Keep buying. <laughs> you know. And what's curious about why these are so rare? These are pre-order bonuses. You can only get them if you pre-order PUBG. And actually, they sold out of pre-orders, which doesn't make any sense. But they limited them of pre-orders. And if you pre-order, you got them. If you didn't, there's no other way to get them in the game. So the fact that they're limited quantity and how PUBG is so popular is why they're worth so much money and why the price seems to keep going up. Though oddly enough, there were items in the game that you could get from loot boxes that are worth a lot of money too. Uh, I actually got a let me call it a camo cap. It's worth like fifteen dollars. Like I can just sell fifteen dollars right now, and you got it from a loot box in the game. But that loot box is no longer in the game, but it was in the game for a while. So it's it's weird that those are worth so much money. I think you, I think the, the purple skirt, uh, skirts sell for about one fifty US dollars on Steam, and those drop in loot boxes. So even loot box items are valuable in PUBG. At least some of them are the rarer ones. Chaos Shield got the booty shorts. Don't you guys? Am I alone in this? Don't you think the resale possibility uh, makes it 
wiser? Makes it less of silly? Course, of okay, course, yeah. Okay. Sure, but again, it depends on why you buy something, you know? That's one aspect of it. If you get enjoyment out of it, I still don't think you can be foolish. Sure. I, 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 let's move on to post-game, guys, because yeah. I have a feeling we're going to have another circular argument coming up. Uh, thanks for watching on YouTube. Uh, thanks for watching on YouTube. If, if your uh, patience level is higher, perhaps watch live next time on Twitch, and then you can see even more circular arguments. All right, take care, guys. Right, take care for YouTube. Oh, shit.